0: This is Ethics and Etiquette, a thought-provoking dialogue about everyday dilemmas. I'm your host, Marna Ashburn. With me is wife, mother, and attorney Kelly Halligan-Zimmerman. Hello, Kelly.
1: Hi, Marna. Hi, Mike. Hello, everybody.
0: And Mike Derrick, a retired Army officer, combat vet, and father of four. Hi, Mike.
2: Good morning, Marna, and good morning, Kelly.
0: Good to be with both of you today, and welcome to our listeners. Remember, we always love to hear from you. Inbox at ethicsandetiquette.com is our email. Our goal here is to offer insights and perspectives on sticky situations so you can examine your choices and exercise your own ethical muscles. Let's talk about being mammed. Mike's wife, Kathy, sent me an article from CNN.com about using the word "ma'am" with women. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am and how ma'am went from being a respectful word for some, but now it's polarizing for others. Now, I'm not quite 60, but 60 is the new 30, so I'm actually quite young, (laughs) but it's still kind of jarring when I get addressed as ma'am. Remember that old commercial where two 40-ish women were sitting together, and a young man says, yes, ma'am, and the other one looks at her friend and said, you just got ma'amed? and it was kind of a a jolting moment for both of them I don't get offended when I get addressed as ma'am it just kind of throws me off for a second uh, like at work one of the vendors who's a little younger than me but not much said yes ma'am to me and I laughed and I said ma'am and I kind of hm, ma'am he said yes ma'am raised in the south ma'am I say ma'am and we both, <laughs> both okay. had a good laugh about that.
2: <laughs> there you go. That's the, that's the catch-all um, excuse. Go yeah. ahead, Mar. But, go ahead. but
0: this article says some women get outraged by this word these days. So, Kelly, what do you think? Do you experience outrage?
1: Uh, not about ma'am. <laughs>
2: <laughs> do you have more important things in your life, Kelly? I,
1: I really do. I, I think that... This is stupid.
2: (laughs) Oh, I didn't see that coming. I
1: mean, come on. Who cares? Like, there's so many things going on in the world today. Let's just be kind to each other. If somebody calls you ma'am, be grateful that they are trying to be polite and courteous and let it go. Lordy. Just Just let it go. Just let it go. Who cares? Didn't see
2: that coming, Kelly. Just didn't see it coming.
1: Somebody's trying to be courteous. Give them a break. Mike, what do you say?
2: Well, you know I think
1: you have a lot to say, don't you? <laughs> I don't know if
2: I have a lot to say. It just this one totally caught me off guard. I there's certain things in, in modern parlance and modern customs and popular culture that sometimes I'm just not I'm just not ready for and uh or just have not not been aware of before and this is one of them. I come from a military culture. I mean that was where I spent most of my life starting as a young man and and ma'am has an entirely different meaning in the military, and it's one of respect, and it's used, if if it's withheld, that's, that's very bad.
0: Oh, for sure. You know, yeah. there's
2: images in my mind of like a 22-year-old uh, second lieutenant with a 45-year-old master sergeant, and he's calling her ma'am. I watch that in my daughter's life now. She's a captain in the Marine Corps. So anyhow, it, to me, I just didn't see this one coming. To me, it's a, a sign of respect, but... I get it. I see how it could be a sort of implied ageism. Yeah.
0: So, what women are saying is that when they get addressed as ma'am, to them it means their youthful privileges are slipping away. Women take note when they hear the shift to ma'am.
2: Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a very negative take on it, but I, I can get it. I understand it. Mm-hmm. You know, we have this obsession with youth in our society, too. And, you know, everybody's trying to stay younger longer. And uh, we don't necessarily always treat our elders with the greatest uh, respect. So that's another conversation for another (laughs) podcast, Marna.
0: Well, I was thinking about this word last night, and I have a lot of women in my circle who are much, much older than me, you know, maybe 30 years older, 20 years, 30 years. I can't remember the last time I used the word ma'am. I really can't. I just don't think it's much in my parlance anymore.
2: Yeah, that's interesting. And yet you were in the military. So, yeah, you were a ma'am.
0: I was a ma'am, and it didn't bother me. It only yeah, bothered me right. when some young soldier wouldn't call me ma'am.
2: Or or called you sir, which that <laughs> I've seen that happen, too. Oh, really? Yeah, a young soldier gets flustered and just starts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, oh, boy, the fur can fly there. Wow.
1: Yeah. I, I still use ma'am. I mean, especially in customer service situations. And even if I have a young waitress, I... I I refer to her as as ma'am. As, you know, like, would you like a cup of coffee? Yes, ma'am. You know, I I just think it's a sign of respect and appreciation of what they do. So, I I use it pretty commonly in a in a customer service kind of transactional way. I'm in the South a good bit. I'll, I'll use it pretty frequently there, as do most people. Right. I just think people mm-hmm. are overthinking it. Like with everything going in the on in the world, do we need to like worry about this? I I don't know. I guess CNN, (laughs) like, it was a slow news day, and so they're like, yeah, let's do an article about people who get upset about (laughs) being called ma'am when really somebody's trying to be polite and respectful. That's the intent. I mean, we keep going back to that, right? Politeness and respect.
2: See, that's how I've always seen it. I come from a perhaps different background than many, but uh, I can remember raising kids, and so, you know, Kathy and I raised a daughter, and she was a very confident and uh you know let's just say sometimes demanding child um and you know we would mess around with it you know when she would say something that was like you know in a in a declarative way and you know, we'd look at her and go well yes ma'am you know to a six-year-old and um, sort of sarcastic yeah right and uh, everybody knew what it meant
0: there is that use that sarcastic use mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or a sort of condescending use too.
2: Yeah. But I've never I've never seen it in the way that it's described in this article where it then implies, you know, that you're old and uh so matronly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I've learned something today.
0: Yeah. I did not know that it came from Madame or Madame in French, but in English it got turned into madam
1: mm-hmm.
0: Lost it lost a couple letters mm-hmm. and became ma'am. In the sixteen hundreds. Oh, so it's okay. been around a so, long yeah. time.
1: Yeah, I think uh, the article maybe suggested we start calling people milady. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. What are we at English period? Yeah, drama? I mean, come <laughs> on. Yeah,
2: I think the English language kind of lets us down in this regard. You know, we we're missing some good, you know, pronouns, and we're missing some good uh, forms of address. But
0: right, hmm. and this article points out that sir is respectful but not ma'am. This is what somebody who was interviewed said. Sir is respectful, mm-hmm. but not ma'am. It sounds old.
2: See, and I never would have thought of that, Marna.
0: Yeah. Sir is sometimes considered too formal, but there's just one word for a man, two for a woman, miss and ma'am.
2: Mm-hmm. And Miss, Miss. We have to throw Miss in there, right? Right. Yeah, now we go. Which has always been, you know, my experience, a little awkward. Though.
0: It's taken a long time to catch on, for sure. Yeah.
1: I mean, Ms. was used pretty commonly when I practiced law and was in court. People referred to female attorneys as Ms. so-and-so.
2: But you have to use a last name with it.
1: Yes, absolutely. And it's a way to get around whether somebody's a miss or a missus. Mm -hmm. Now, nowadays, you know, um, in law school, you know, when when we were in law school, they called you Ms. or Mr., um, when they asked you questions or, you know, the Socratic method, their are professors up there and all of a sudden they're calling on people and, you know, behind them, you know, all over the place. You better be on your toes. But nowadays they use first names because they can't use Mr. or Ms. because they don't know who's a Mr. or Ms. anymore because there's wow. so many issues with mm-hmm pronouns and this and that, so I, I think most of the professors are just like, look, I don't know what to call everybody. I can't keep this straight. I'm just going to call you your first name.
2: Mm-hmm. Tell me
1: what it is, and that's what we're going to do. That's a lot
2: of memorization on the part of the professor.
1: Yeah, if you had to, to, you know, just using the first name's fine, but I mean, to me, that's a shame because there was a formality, and it, I felt like it was preparing you to practice law by being called by your last name as a court would reference you, and Mm-hmm. It was all part of the process, but but it doesn't work that way anymore. Which is fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, times change, but I think somebody just had a little bit too much time on their hands, all worried about <laughs> whether they're being called ma'am or not. You're like, not going like, to tolerate geez. this, are you, Kelly? I just, yeah, oh, I just, Kelly, think, I, <laughs> I
2: didn't see this coming. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you, Kelly. Who the heck I'm proud cares?
1: And if you're if you feel like you're getting older, like so what? I mean, with age comes Doesn't it happen wisdom. to everybody? Yeah, like, get over it. I mean, it happens to everybody. What's the alternative? You're not alive? Like, that's not good. Oh, I was always young. Isn't that great? Well, not really.
0: I wouldn't want to be younger unless I could take this 60-year-old mind with me.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I recall an exchange on, I think it was C-SPAN, where... Major General Michael Walsh was testifying before a committee, and Senator Barbara Boxer was questioning him, and he calls her ma'am, and let's see what she says. Hold on, I'll play it for you. Well, why has it been delayed?
2: Uh, Ma'am, at the uh, LACPR is...
0: You know, do me a favor. Could you say senator instead of (laughs) ma'am? It's just a thing. I worked so hard to get that title, so I'd appreciate it. Yes, thank you.
2: Yes, Senator.
0: Okay, so she did not appreciate being called "Ma'am."
2: Well, you know, I think if if you have to choose between a set of honorifics, you always go with the higher, the one of higher order. So, you know, if you're speaking with an ambassador or you're speaking with a, some elected member of uh, you know government, you always go with the the higher honorific. That's safe. And
0: so the higher honorific would be ambassador or senator?
2: Oh, absolutely, okay. yeah. Is that the Instead highest of sir honorific? Sir or, not, you know, it depends on who you're talking well, to. I mean, you... Yes, Mr. President. <laughs> no, Mr. Vice President. Ms. Vice, Ms. Vice Ma- President.
0: Madam Vice President.
2: Madam Vice President. Now, is it Ms. or Madam? Th- there we I go. I think
0: I've heard Madam.
2: Yeah. Hmm. Secretary. Okay. It's very complicated very quickly. I know.
0: Another thing the article mentions is it's a southern thing. "Ma'am" is a southern thing. Uh, somebody said in the series, "It's a southern thing." Quote in the South, if it's female and has a pulse, you're supposed to call it "ma'am." <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. Does that mean if you're male and have a pulse, <laughs> you can be called "sweetie," well, um, "hun," or uh, uh, like we talked about, yeah.
0: <laughs> "my
1: love," "darling."
2: Sorry, I stepped on you, Kelly.
1: Well, um, oh, I was just going to weigh in on, uh, on Barbara Boxer. Oh, excuse me, Senator Boxer. Um, I know that that dates back because she hasn't been a senator for a while. Um, but talk about somebody who's aloof and out of touch. Like this is why we know that uh, our representatives don't really represent us. She's all worried about her title. The guy's testifying; he's being respectful. Get over yourself. My, my guess is she didn't like him. She didn't like what he had to say. So she kind of went after him a little and put him in his place, right? If it, if it had been a friendly witness, somebody she liked, she would never have done that and publicly called him out and embarrassed him. It's just crappy. You don't do that to people. Again, you know, life's about kindness. Y- you don't do that. And that just shows you that our representatives are just out there. They're just, they're just not in touch with, with regular people, and they're not really getting anything done. They're more worried about stuff like that. Yeah, we've moved on past Barbara Boxer, and who are the senators? Dianne Feinstein, she's 122. She was around when I was in high school, for God's sakes. Yeah, I mean, she was around during the Civil War. <laughs> and I'm drawing a blank on the other California senator. Help me out here. Oh my gosh! I feel bad that I'm forgetting. It's a it's a woman too. I think. I think they have two women. yeah. Because um, you want me to I'm look it up real here. fast? Alex Padilla. It's a man.
2: Really? Recently? Oh, he got appointed.
0: Then. I think. California's longest serving senators. Oh wait, Diane Feinstein. From 1992. She was elected. Holy
1: crap! That's 31. I
2: years, I think it folks. is
1: Alex Padilla. Um, which is weird because. Yeah, he's he's brand brand new. new, I I don't know that he's doing anything. Yeah, he's been very quiet. He's like our senator from Pennsylvania that we elected, Fetterman, who has been in the hospital ever since he got elected. So, (laughs) I mean, you really, like, sometimes with some of these folks, you're really being represented by people you don't even know because basically their aides, their chief of staff is really who you elected. It's this unelected person who's running around doing whatever they want. That's what's yeah. happening with Dianne Feinstein. That's, what happen- that's what's happening with Fetterman right now. I remember in New Jersey, when I lived in New Jersey, there was uh, Senator, oh my gosh, um, Frank Lautenberg. He was like 100. And everybody knew, I'm not even exaggerating, everybody knew that he like <laughs> didn't know what was up. But again, he was a Democrat, so he got elected. And his chief of staff ran in the whole show. I mean, our law firm used to just call the chief of staff. I mean, Lautenberg was like, "Wow, he didn't know what day it was. Yeah, I mean, he and Diane <laughs> Feinstein were probably on a beach somewhere. I don't know. He could be weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> it <laughs> is. like That's
0: pretty sad commentary. Like, oh, I mean, we deserve Kelly. better. All right, so back to uh, sir and ma'am. Um, <laughs> yeah, thank stealing... you, Marna, for bringing us back. <laughs> I'm, st- <laughs> I'm stealing Mike's line. Maybe I should just tell him to say it. Context matters. Take the context into consideration. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like the context is somebody is trying to be polite, respectful, and gracious. That's what I think. And we should give people the benefit of the doubt and be kind.
0: Sure. Yeah. Are you going to keep using ma'am, Kelly?
1: Yeah, I am. Now, if somebody calls me on it and is like, I would prefer, you know, you call me Susie, I'll be like, okay, that's fine. But I
0: mean, which by the way is a good way to handle that. Just call me Kelly, call me Marna, call yeah, me Susan. Yeah, but whatever. I mean,
1: otherwise, you, you know, like I just traveled this past week on business and was out to dinner and had a couple of younger waitresses and used ma'am and didn't seem to bother them at all. In fact, I felt like they appreciated that I was respectful and I, I recognized, hey, you've got a tough job. I'm going to be nice. You know, I'm not going to give you a hard time. You're running around doing the best you can. How about you, Mike?
2: No, I think that's that's the right way to do it. It in my, It's always been for me a sign of respect. I can remember when I was running my political campaign and I would have groups and, you know, they're always kind of looking at you depending on who they are and where they come from. Sometimes there's a lot of uh, skepticism in the room. And I would always part way through if a woman asked a question, I would reply to her with ma'am. And uh, it seemed to change the room a little bit. It, it kind of, uh, it helped. It it loosened things up sometimes and um, because it showed that, you know, I wasn't like some arrogant, you know, jerk that was just trying to further my own interests. So I, I just remember that very distinctly, that it, it had a positive impact in the room. And I never really thought of it in terms of age. You know, I didn't look at a certain woman and say, yeah, she's old enough to call ma'am, so I'm going to use ma'am. I just used it as a sign of respect. Regardless of the
0: work. age of the woman asking the question.
2: Yeah, but you know, typically it would have been a a woman of a yeah. certain age. It wasn't. It wasn't a young right. kid. Well, young kids teenager, don't go to but, right. many political events. So yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. you're
0: still going to continue to use "ma'am" in certain situations. Con- oh, I think depending so. Depending on yeah, the context. Certainly.
2: Um, depending on the context, right? Right. I mean, I am in my <laughs> 60s now. Everybody. Um, so. Yeah,
0: I you know. know. <laughs> I'm not yet. <laughs> Both of you are, though, aren't you? Aren't you yeah. 60,
1: Kelly? Um, do I have to answer?
0: No. You can plead the fifth. <laughs>
1: yeah, I'll just, I'm not going to plead the fifth it implies that I'm guilty of something. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Enough about ma'am. I thought that was an interesting little cultural knit uh, there, which we'll we talk about in this show when we come across it. I want to talk about something that happened to me this week, and I want to get Kelly's and Mike's opinion on it. I was at a clothing store this week and the young woman who was in her early 20s was the sales clerk who waited on us and she was wearing a scoop neck t-shirt and I could very clearly see that she had a scar from a thyroidectomy at the base of her throat there. Same surgery that I had 10 years ago, only hers was recent because the scar was quite red and and raised and angry, and it was also very long. It was almost twice as long as mine is. So it's my personal philosophy never to ask people about their scars or their infirmities unless they bring it up. But part of me really wanted to reach out to this young woman because I wanted to, you know, reassure her that it was going to be, it was going to be fine. That, you know, I'm fine. I had the surgery, malignancy removed, and I'm good. But I was conflicted because that's my philosophy is not to mention people's scars, so Mike, what is your advice, and what's your perspective on this?
2: Um, I think that might have been a great opportunity to really reassure that young woman. I think that probably would be what I see as the right path. You know, I if you had like an open necked uh, shirt on or something, and you could just, I mean, you could just point to it and kind of make eye contact and point to it and. Just let someone know you're there for them. You've been down that same path. Because I can only imagine how how difficult and how frightening that is in the moment. And this 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 woman was pretty close to that moment, it seems like, based on your description. I think this would be a, is a neat opportunity to, to reach out and, and make so a difference. You
0: would have someone.
1: said yes. Go ahead and do mm-hmm. it. Kelly, what do you think? I don't know. I'm not sure. I I... I... My inclination would probably be not to do it, but I'd have to be in the situation. If there were any other people around, like an, like this, I wouldn't, because that puts her in a tough position with her privacy. Um, if it was just she and I, I might play it by ear, but I'd have to get a feel for, for things. So I, I don't know. I guess my inclination is no, but if no people around... And I felt somehow I could touch upon it and be helpful to her. I would, yeah, so very I think quietly.
2: That's good, yeah, yeah, again, you wouldn't want to cause her any further distress, that's for sure, so
0: I think I told you I've had total strangers point out my scar and ask me about it, like the barista mm-hmm. at Starbucks. How'd you get that scar <laughs> yeah. or <laughs> yeah, it's a little disarming. Kelly, I played tennis with Elaine, who's a friend of both of ours, and I asked her what she thought, and she she was definitive, no, it's personal medical information, don't even mention it. Now I asked my, uh, I was asking a bunch of people this because I was very interested in their answers. My dental hygienist said she had open heart surgery when she was eight, or no, she was even younger, I think. So she went through life with a big, long scar down her chest, and she said that adults' often asked her when she was a child what happened to her and she didn't Mm. like it not one bit Mm
1: -hmm.
0: it made her feel very self-conscious but but she said now that i'm I'm an adult i'm much more centered and i'm okay with it so if she was an adult it Mm -hmm. might have been okay and then one of my tenants i asked her and she said yes if you're coming from a place of love which i was she said yes reach out to her because intention is everything and you were coming from a place of support. So I got divergent mm-hmm. opinions on this.
2: It all matters. Your intent as you go in. It's like so many things in life. Mm-hmm. What did you mean to do? Sometimes we mess it up. But um, yeah. you know, if you go in with the right frame of mind and the right purpose, I think that makes a lot of things right.
0: Yeah. Well, that would have been my intention. But as it turns out, as I quickly debated it at the sales counter there, I decided not to say anything because mm-hmm. my practice of not pointing out people's physical infirmities was strong so I, but I, just, I did kind of wish her light and love in a quiet way yeah mm-hmm. I mean
1: that's a tough one and especially if she's young and the surgery looks recent I don't know I, I think Elaine makes a really good point and people could be very sensitive about that and it's a tough one I, and again it would be it would be unusual to be in a situation where you could where no one else would overhear and you could share your situation and wish her well So I think you've handled it right.
0: And to be honest, she was wearing a deep scoop neck T-shirt. And the scar Mm -hmm. scar was like front and center there. Now, me, I wore scarves for months around my throat because all I saw was that huge scar on my throat.
1: Well, she could have been like me. She got up. She's like, I got to run out the door. She puts the shirt on because that's all she has that's ready to go. And she's like, she looks in the (laughs) mirror and she's like, You know, crap. This doesn't look great because look at that big scar. Oh, well, I got to (laughs) go. Yeah. (laughs) Well,
0: (laughs) she was very pulled together, I have to say. She worked at a women's clothing store, so she looked like Mm -hmm. a fashion plate. Well, thank you both for giving me your insights on that. If it ever comes up again, I'll be better prepared. But I erred on the side of discretion. Yeah. Yeah. Lastly, it takes a village to make this podcast, and I'd like to take a few moments to thank our editorial board or those people who suggest topics and help us develop ideas for each episode. Certainly, our listeners email their ethical dilemmas to us, and we've talked about them in the past, so thank you. Kathy, who is married to Mike, sent me the article about Yes Ma'am, No Ma'am, which we talked about today, so thanks, Kathy. My two sisters, Claire and Laura, And my brother-in-law, Tom, are great sounding boards for me. Also, my good friends, Susan and Carrie, we solve the world's problems on our walks. I have several colleagues at work who are listeners and will often bring up new topics or angles. Quick uh, story about one of my friends at work. He listens to the podcast, and last week he brought a book in called Walking to Vermont (laughs) about a man who retired from his job on Wall Street and decided that he was going to hike from Wall Street to his retirement home in Vermont, and he brought the book in, and he said, I think Mike would enjoy this book.
2: <laughs> wow. Yeah, I probably would.
0: I'm going to start the book and uh, read it, and then <laughs> I'll, i told Mike about it, so... <laughs> yeah, so it's great that we have this conversation going, and I hope it's only beginning. Um, Kelly, do you have anybody you want to acknowledge?
1: Sure. Uh, I'm glad you gave me some advance notice so I could think about this. My husband, Mark, l- is a loyal listener, thank goodness. And then he always gives me input and ideas. Uh, My aunt Kate has had a couple of good ideas that we've used. My cousin Devin and her son James gave us some content a while back. Our teammates Elizabeth and Elaine, I think Marna have been really good resources, and I know I've talked through things with them and gotten ideas, and they've given input. And my friend Megan, who is a librarian. And has given us input as well, so I know I'm forgetting somebody, but those are the folks that come to mind right That's away. That's start. <laughs> Thank you, Mike.
2: Um, well, another shout out to Kathy because when I get the topic from you, Marna, in our read ahead materials, you know, I typically bring it up at dinner and we talk about it often at length, and I get her angle on it. So she's my editorial board. She's uh, very helpful and much appreciated. Plus, she's been a guest on some of our yes, podcasts, she has. and then uh, just the other people in our network who listen to this regularly, and who just the enthusiasm they have. And I'm, I'm thinking of uh, Patty and Mike McMahon in particular, who wait every two weeks for this thing to come out. They are up in this neck of the woods during the summer, and I often bounce ideas off of them.
1: Great! Let, let's get something yeah. from them then. I yeah. bet they've got. Some great Mm -hmm. ideas.
0: Thanks to all of you people who are in our lives and help us out with this passion project is really what it is. We just enjoy it so much. I especially enjoy having these substantive conversations with Mike and Kelly twice a month, a real treat for me. Now we come to that part of our show, which we call On a Positive Note, where we like to leave you with an uplifting thought from our lives or from our culture this past week. Mike, you have one.
2: Yeah, I just want to give a shout out to a bunch of different people who will probably never know that I'm talking about them. But uh, I just spent the last week on the road, and I drove north about four hours up to the Quebec City, and I went to three different ski areas where I've, you know, I've heard of these places, Nordic ski areas, um, and kind of, I called it my search for the snow, and I found snow. But I also stayed in a lot of hotels, and just the courtesy and the consideration with which I was treated at every turn, um, it was just, it was amazing. And, you know, I know the hospitality industry has had a rough run with uh, COVID, and, you know, a lot of places were on, you know, they had tough times. But I tell you, the, the graciousness with which I was treated by so many different people. So to everybody out there in the hospitality industry doing a great job. Thank you.
0: Amen to that. It's good to hear that you had such good treatment because I know a lot of them are really short-staffed and overworked. Yeah. I yeah. see help wanted signs in restaurants, hotels mm-hmm. everywhere.
2: Yeah. Invariably polite. And, you know, when you go to Quebec, you always have the French-English issue. Although I speak French, they knew I wasn't French, nor was certainly knew I wasn't from Quebec, and they would speak English. And sometimes that was difficult for them. But boy, they just they put their best foot forward. It was really really fun. And
0: were they patient with your French?
2: Yes, but they often if their English was better, we'd default to English. That's sort of my that's my <laughs> governing, that's principle.
0: governing principle. Okay.
2: Whoever speaks the language best, that's the language we go to.
0: Thanks,
1: Mike Kelly, anything? Uh no, just I sat at home, ate bonbons <laughs> and worked on my computer. Okay. On, Shout Kelly. out to bonbons.
2: And you thought of, like, really good things to say this podcast. I'm just saying. Always a pleasure, Kelly.
1: I'm jealous at your travels and your level of activity. I know. We're
0: both jealous of that, Mike.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah what exciting things do. is Mike <laughs>
2: off doing? <laughs>
0: yeah. So I have one also, not quite as fabulous as Mike's, but we have a Facebook page in this area called Buy Nothing Jamestown area, where if you have something to give away, you post it. If you need something, you put the request on there. And one of my friends, just Susan, who I thanked earlier, she's buying new draperies for her bedroom. She had these beautiful custom made draperies and she was just going to throw them away or get rid of them, take them to Goodwill. And I said, well, let me post them on this Facebook page. Send me a picture. So I posted the picture and, and somebody said, oh wow, these are so beautiful. Can I have them? So We were able to have this wonderful transaction where Susan wanted to get rid of something and somebody else wanted it and got it for free, totally free. You can't sell things on this page. It's got to be a giveaway. And I've also gotten rid of, you know, small pieces of furniture and whatnot. And it's just been a, a wonderful community building Facebook page for all parties. So whoever set that up and whoever is a part of it, shout out.
2: That's really cool. There should be more of that.
0: Yeah, yeah. You you remember Mike's family and my family lived at Fort Leavenworth together, and they had this huge yard sale at the end of each year.
2: Oh, that's right. And
0: I remember that Mm -hmm. Mm post-wide. And and it's great because you put your junk out, and somebody comes around and goes, I have been looking for this for so long. How much do you want for it? It's just wonderful. Yeah, It's a wonderful slice of Americana. You want my junk? I'll buy your junk.
2: Right. That's really cool you know, just sort of as a a crazy aside, I remember in Germany, there was trash day. And then once a month, there was junking day, it was called. And I don't know the word in German. But what it meant was that you would take your unused, unneeded household items and pieces of furniture, and you'd put them on the sidewalk. And then, you know, anybody could come along and take them if they thought they needed them or wanted them. Just a really neat aspect of living in a German neighborhood because, you know, we were young and we didn't have a lot of stuff and we just moved from moved from the United States. You couldn't carry a lot with you. And so we got some really interesting pieces of furniture, which we probably then put back on the sidewalk yeah. when we left. So It's a yeah.
0: self-contained cycle. Yeah. yeah, I hear people got great things off the curb in Germany, mm-hmm. shrunks and oh, yeah. couches and antique really tables cool. and stuff like that heard wonderful stories about that. That's going to be it for us today. Let's keep this conversation going. Write us at inbox at ethicsandetiquette.com or go to our website, ethicsandetiquette.com. Our Instagram handle is at ethicsetiquette. If you want to support what we're doing, subscribe to our podcast and leave a positive review while you're there. And thanks for recommending Ethics and Etiquette to your friends and family. For Kelly Halligan-Zimmerman and Mike Derrick, I'm Marna Ashburn. And this is Ethics and Etiquette, a thought provoking dialogue about everyday dilemmas. Thanks for joining us. New episodes are posted on the first and third Wednesdays of the month. See you then.